When it comes to saving you money on tires, nobody does it better than Big O Tires. Like saving you up to $120 on select sets of Goodyear, Yokohama, Pirelli, and Continental tires now through November 3rd. That's $70 off instantly, plus up to $50 back by mail-in rebate when you purchase using your Big O Tires card. Hurry into Big O Tires and see how much you can save. Big O Tires, the team you trust. For the location nearest you, go to BigOtires.com. The A-Team gathered at Big O Tires and Raymore to consider all things Chiefs. From Patrick Mahomes' knee injury, to the how good was that performance by the defense in Denver, to a philosophical question for Chiefs fans, I'll give it to you here. Would you take Aaron Rodgers' career for Patrick Mahomes? Remember, Rodgers has won a Super Bowl, and it's a likely Hall of Famer as soon as he becomes eligible. It's on the podcast about 25 minutes in. Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell, and Herbie Teope join me, Blair Kirkhoff, to talk Chiefs on Facebook Live, now presented as a Sportsbeat KC podcast. Thanks to podcast producers Leah Becerra and Kathy Liu, and Facebook Live producer Beth Wells for putting together the show. Links to the stories we discuss can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and the Red Zone Extra app. We'll be back on Friday with another Sportsbeat KC podcast where we'll talk college football and introduce you to the Kansas City Star's new Missouri beat writer. So let's let's start uh, by not there. Not not there. Let's 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 not go superhero first. Although, although um, Sam and I were at Sprint Center yesterday talking to basketball and coaches and players, and at about eleven o'clock, Sam looks at his laptop and he motions me to come look at this. He says, guess who's practicing today? And I'm thinking, well, who, Chris Jones? Okay. You know, Eric Fisher? Who's, who's out there practicing? Uh, no, uh, Patrick Mahomes on the field, uh, or at least Andy Reid you know, said that Patrick Mahomes is going to take some snaps, and then we go out and shoot practice. And there's Patrick Mahomes on the field taking snaps and going through calisthenics, you know, walk through, carry, carry over stuff, just warm up stuff, and then he's out throwing. It was quite a sight. Uh, one that we did not expect to see. Herbie, what does it mean to, to have seen Patrick Mahomes on the field doing what he did yesterday? I think it's, it's extremely encouraging when you consider it was just a week ago where he suffered a right dislocated kneecap. But for a guy who suffered that type of injury to be on the field stretching, lifting his knee up like this, of course, under the watchful eye of Coach Andy Reid, but he did throw. Here's the deal, though. He was listed as limited, and what limited means is individual drills, stretching and conditioning, no participation in team-related drills. But it is highly encouraging. And when the MRI came out, as we all know, they were very optimistic about the results of the MRI. And they were a lot of projections, three to six weeks. It could be three weeks minimum, six weeks maximum. But the fact that he's out there this early that, that has to be extremely encouraging for the Chiefs and for Chiefs fans, and specifically Patrick Mahomes, for him to be out there and doing what he did yesterday. Encouraging in the sense that we might see him sooner than what was, I guess, speculated after the injury in Denver. Well, I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what was speculated. We all kind of feared the worst when we saw it. Um, but then every, kind of every piece of news after that was positive in terms of the, a return for him. But... He's lying on the turf in Denver. Um, Tyreek Hill is slamming his helmet into the turf. 
it just looks like one of those reactions where you think, oh, my gosh, at what point next season is he going to be back with the Chiefs? And he's walking off. then he's walking off the field and is under his own power. And, again, every piece of news that came out was, you know, positive. So let's, can, we, can we first rule out he's not going to play against the Packers on, on Sunday night? Look, Andy Reid <laughs> hasn't yet ruled him out. But I think it's going to be, a, as Reid did say on Monday, it is going to be a stretch. And I agree with him. I think it is going to be a stretch. Here's the key thing with the way he was throwing yesterday. And some of the camera angles did catch it. He didn't look like he was putting a lot of weight on there. He was, he was kind of like throwing very gingerly because he didn't want to put too much weight on that right leg. Or excuse me, yeah, the right leg. Because the left leg has the ankle sprain. <laughs> so I don't think he will play. I think it's a lot of gamemanship. It's also called the competitive advantage. You know, you don't want to give the Packers a lot of time to prepare for Mahomes. But at the same time, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur told us yesterday on the conference call the Packers will prepare like they are facing Mahomes. But at the same time, you got to take the contingency plans. I don't think he's going to play. That's just my best bet. I don't, he might be an Omega-level mutant. <laughs> Superhero talk here, you know. Again, extreme. direct these <laughs> comments and questions to Herbie. Extreme healing powers, but at the same time, I, I, I really don't think he's going to play. He didn't look his normal self yesterday. During the portion of practice, what is it, 15 minutes that, that Herbie and I saw where Herbie thought he invented the word gingerly. Um, <laughs> but that is how he looked. Both, you know, he, he threw a couple uh, deep balls to the sideline that were way underthrown. It was because he, he just didn't put weight on either one of his legs. So I think it's a stretch for sure to see him out there Sunday. But the encouraging sign is what it means for the future. And maybe he is a little bit further along this progression than, than initially hoped. Is it encouraging? <laughs> as long as they're cautious. You know what I mean? Like, th that was my first thought. I was like, what the hell is, I mean, like, <laughs> if, I feel like he should, you know, this is me being a doctor, right? But, um, and, and you have a, every bit of a degree as the doctors on Twitter do. That's so a lot of, a lot of, doctors, <laughs> exactly. a lot of doctor Twitter. Exactly. So step into my office, folks. Um, <laughs> as long as the, as long as the parameters remain when he's 100%, he'll play. You know, I, I just, there's no reason to push it. You're in a garbage division, you know, like, I feel like there's just no reason to push. You've got a two-game or two-win lead on everybody in the division. Um, and, and I feel very strongly about this, that the Chiefs at 10-6 and six, playing a wild-card game with Patrick Mahomes fully healthy and at his full powers is way more dangerous, not even close, than 12-4, and 11-5 or whatever first-round bye, and he's in some – Big ass brace, like hobbling around, sure. and 70% of what he is. I mean, that 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 needs to be the goal. And and I get that, um, you know, one, he's 24. <laughs> uh, you know, God bless him. Um, and and two, they put the kneecap into place really quickly to, you know, right. that uh, apparently Doctor LDT told us that that's right. the the key a, that is injured. A real doctor. Yes. Actually, that <laughs> was a weird <laughs> moment too. <laughs> it just oh, <laughs> like totally. Well, I'm not going to ask you to die. No, actually, diagnose this. Like, what is going on? He's the most qualified person that we could have talked to after the game. To, and he was great. He, yeah, he was, was more, right there. Right there, and he's more qualified than anybody outside of Rick Burkholder. Yeah. yeah, and actually, he'll answer questions. It's so right. I'll, I'll take LDT. Right. That not, just, not just issue statements. Yeah, but his point was, you know, the... You get you get the swelling down. That's the most important thing. Um, and, and that has to do with how quickly the kneecap is back into place. And they, they did that 
I mean, as fast as it could be done. I mean, it was like 10 seconds, before, you know, from the time that the doctors arrived. Right. Which so, apparently was critical to get it done as yes. really fast. Yeah, so all that stuff is encouraging. I, I just hope that, and, and it, it's almost cartoonishly positive. Like every time you talk to somebody from the Chiefs, it just keeps getting more and more positive. Like, oh my God, you know, like you, you feel like the next time there's like, the knee's actually stronger than it was <laughs> before last week. You know, like that's, that's going to be the next that's report. Right. By dislocating it, he helped it. Yeah. Yeah. He dislocated it back into place. I, I just hope that they're able to – it's an advantage that they play in that division and they have this lead and that the schedule is backloaded to the point where you can give Pat Patrick you know, more time and he can still play the Raiders, he can still play the Broncos, he can still play the Chargers. You know what I mean? Even if it's not the Mexico City game. Just, just be cautious, please. And, and I think that's a key point, Sam, because both of, you, both of us have reported that, that, that they want to see how well the, or, or the rehab process goes and the follow-up examinations before determining whether he's healthy enough to get back on the field. All of this that's happening right now is encouraging, but at the same time, long-term. you got to think yeah. long-term here with, with Patrick Mahomes. Do you want to push him out there way too soon? I don't think that's what you want to do. Yeah. Well, they have been cautious because he wanted to come back in at halftime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they did, they did. They played the cautious approach and said, let's, let's sit out the second half. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Jeremy Barnes uh, has a statement, and I'll try to ask, uh, uh, repeat it the way I think he uh, has stated it. Ten and six? What the heck, Sam? <laughs> I feel like if, if they're five and two, it is hard to imagine them beating the Packers. It's not impossible. Um, but then you get to five and three. The Vikings match up. There's a lot of the Vikings' strengths that match up with some of the Chiefs' weaknesses. I agree. Especially, if, you know, with Matt Moore, who's a fine backup or whatever, but he's still Matt Moore. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Now you're at five and four. Um, you got the you got the Patriots in Foxborough. I mean, there's yeah. I, th I think ten and six. If Patrick Mahomes misses two to four games, is entirely realistic. Sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> Keep reading. <laughs> Keep watching. Thanks for reading. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Matt Moore met the media yesterday. What were the impressions? I, um, Sam, you wrote about him. What, what were your impressions yeah, well, of him? First of all, he doesn't know that he's going to be starting, which is <laughs> unusual. Because usually, uh, I tried to explain this in the story, they trot out the, the starting quarterback, and as Herbie knows, it's, it's across the NFL every Wednesday. Uh, and he walks through the door, and it's like, okay, so you're starting. Well, no, I haven't been told I'm, I'm starting yet. Um, but he did say a, a couple things that, that were kind of interesting in the sense that he said the first couple weeks, it, he feels like if he had been put in there, he would have sort of been like, I, I think the phrase he used was, holy smokes. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't play in training camp or preseason. I didn't have any of this stuff to prepare, OTAs, and now, all of a sudden, you're going in a game. Eight weeks is a little bit more time, obviously, to, to get used to that. But um, he said what we all already know, which is, I'd love to be Pat Mahomes, but I'm not. So they may say that the offense isn't going to change. And, and the base of it, I do think, will remain the same. But the play calls are, are for sure going to be different. I think you'll see less RPOs and yeah. less stuff that requires the quarterback to be mobile, not just out of the pocket, but, but within the pocket. He's a veteran. He's, what, 12 years, 11 years, 12 years NFL veteran? Oh, seven, I think, was his yeah. first year. Okay. Yeah. 13, but then there was one year he didn't play. Didn't play. Last, yeah, last yeah, season. Right. Yeah. He was out of football. And 15 and 15 as a starter. Okay. Um, and it just, it's just a pocket guy uh, with, a, with a decent arm and, and uh, 
just what, what, what is his MO? What, what, what can people expect to see from him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he is a solid backup. He, he's a guy that you don't mind having as your backup, mostly because of that experience. He even said um, in the Denver game he relied as much on that as he did because there's, there's not that chemistry with receivers yet. I mean, we talked about this after the game in Denver, but the only guy he'd ever thrown a pass to on the team was Tyreek Hill, just thrown with the scout team. So that's the element that I think is going to take a little bit of actual game at action to, to sort of get a feel, better feel for the game. But, yeah, he's a guy that for sure likes to stay in the pocket. Um, I will say on the Tyreek Hill touchdown, the most impressive part was he eluded some pressure on, on that play within the pocket. Um, I, I thought he stared down some receivers a little bit too much, didn't move off a guy to a second or third read. So, uh, but, but maybe that's something else that isn't really his MO, but, but just a, a lack of playing with, with these guys in the past. That, that specific issue does jump out when you watch the, the Denver tape, and it's, it's sort of amplified by the fact that his release is a tick slower, than Mahomes and his velocity is like three ticks less yeah. than Mahomes. I mean, th those things add up, and it, like it's kind of ridiculous to compare him to Patrick Mahomes. But um, I just think those are the things that when the Packers are watching tape, they you know, let's jump some routes. Like w we might be able to take advantage of this, yeah. especially if you see a Kelsey curl or something. I saw yep. him try to force one to Kelsey yep. that was did one to Robinson as well. Very very similar deal that Sam's describing where. He, he just wasn't open, but it was his first read, so that, that's where he went with it. But, but I think this, this game against the Packers, if that is Matt Moore's first read is the Kelsey, Kelsey has to be licking his chops right now. You, you know the Packers last week against the Raiders, they gave up three touchdowns to tight ends. Three. And so if you want to ease Matt Moore into the play calls, you got to figure the short underneath routes are going to be at the top of the menu. And then Kelsey's probably in line for a big game. I'm kind of jumping ahead here because he yeah, is my rubber meets the road guy. <laughs> right. All right, so we'll do you last on when we get to the rubber meets the road because we'll take Kelsey. <laughs> real quick, they, they, they did make an adjustment like in real time that was impressive in that Denver game when they had like two or three, I think almost, if they weren't consecutive, it was within a short period of plays where they had these little out routes to the sideline. One was Tyreek, one was Kelsey, yeah. one was somebody else, Hardman maybe. And it was just that they were playing off coverage, the Packers, and they were just taking advantage of it. I'm, I'm assuming those are side adjustment reads, and they came over and, and, and more hit those. I, I, that's what they need to do is find little holes, take what the defense gives you, right, is, is, is the cliche. But that, they're going to have to do a lot more of that. that that's, that's actually something that Matt Moore brought up yesterday when, uh, when he talked with us, which is that um, – People wanted to point out the Tyree Kill touchdown because, heck, it was a 57-yard touchdown and probably his best throw of the day. But the three or four passes before it was, were mm. what got him into the rhythm to where he felt like he could make that throw. It was which, on that drive, is, wasn't it? Yeah. Right, which is an encouraging sign that the fact that he felt like within a game he felt more confident. Yep. So you would think after that game maybe he's feeling a little bit better going into playing Green Bay. Yeah, with practice, yep. Um, Jacob Calloway brings up a good point about Kyle Shermer wants to know how his knowledge of the offense is coming along. I mean, that's for this game anyway, the fact that the Chiefs, you know, are, you know, in all likelihood starting Matt Moore with Kyle Shermer as your number two. You know, Shermer, who did have training camp um, and has been with the pra on the practice squad, probably has more knowledge of you know, the offense and what's going on than Matt Moore. So um, not an enviable situation, though, for the Chiefs to – you know, to have Matt Moore and then Kyle Shermer is a number two. Um, and, 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 and how does Chad Henney fit into all of this? Herbie, um, what, any discussion yesterday about Shermer at, at practice? Well, yeah, because I asked Andy Reid what he liked about Shermer 
to elevate him. And he basically said he had a good training camp. But here's, a, here's the other wild card at play here. Don't forget his father, Pat Shermer, served on Andy Reid's staff as a quarterback's coach and also the offensive line coach with the Eagles. So if there's, if there's a guy whose brain you want to pick, why not pick up the phone and call dad? Or even when you're growing up, you're hanging around the Eagles, so you get to see everything. And so I, I think Shermer should be fine because, you know, he had an accomplished career at Vanderbilt, so he can certainly throw, throw the football. He holds school records and touchdowns, uh, career passing yards. And I think the father connection there and the father's connection to Andy Reid should help him have a good grasp of what, what to expect. I'm sure probably one of the first phone calls he made when the Chiefs said, hey, we're going to sign you as an undrafted free agent. Hey, Dad, I'm going to <laughs> your old boss, Andy Reid. What should I expect? That's, that's, that's hidden there. What, about a, uh, what do we think about a timetable for Henny's return? Well, Henny practiced yesterday, which opens the 21-day window. So the Chiefs right now have 21 days to decide to activate him to the active roster or keep him on injured reserve. But the fact that he was out there throwing, and he actually looked good. I don't, I'm sure you saw that, yeah, too. Yeah, he looked fine. Yeah, he was throwing the ball with some velocity. He, didn't, he wasn't throwing gingerly like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes was. So he was out there rolling around. And it looks good from a recovery from his ankle injury. And I know... Uh, Sam Ellinger over here reported last week that you know he is a, a couple of weeks out from coming back, so he's he's right on track. He's El- eligible, eligible next week. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so let, let's um, we're gonna we're gonna progress as if you know Matt Moore's a starter. Doesn't this? And then we we, we kind of covered this a little bit. That doesn't just mean you know your your stars have to step up as well. I mean, Kelsey Hill, Sammy Watkins, who we think is gonna play. Uh, Practice fully yesterday. Practice, yep. yeah. uh, LaShawn McCoy, offensive line, maybe get one of those guys back this week, right? Um, uh, so, or F- Fisher, maybe. Fisher, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I think Wiley will be out still. Fisher, maybe. He was limited, right, mm-hmm. yesterday. So, I think that's more of a, a question mark whether or not you get him back. So, if Fisher and Watkins are back, you've got two starters, you know, at least back that helps, you know, helps, uh, helps the Chiefs. Um, is it enough? Um, to contend with a team that's got the at least the second best record in the NFL, right? Th- third, right? Still, 49ers and Patriots undefeated. The Packers are six and one, and looked great Sunday. Looked great against the Oakland Raiders, um, 42-24, I think the final. And um, Aaron Rodgers had the first perfect passer rating day of his career. That was, that was amazing. Five touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown. So. What do the Chiefs get themselves into this weekend? <laughs> if, if they have any shot against the Packers, I think you got to stay away from a shootout. You, you don't want Matt Moore going throw to throw against Aaron Rodgers. Those five touchdown passes last week, by the way, five different wide receivers. I asked uh, Breland yesterday because he played with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay last week, or excuse me, last year, and he basically said one of the things that is so impressive about him is his ability to spread the ball around, and I think – that's going to be a key thing for the Chiefs defense this week because you can't concentrate on one guy. You, you, he has a whole slew of weapons that you have to worry yourself about. Matt Moore and the Chiefs cannot get in the shootout with the Packers. That, that's going to be essential this week. And yet, the Chiefs defense rated ahead of the Packers defense in terms of just statistical placement, you know, total, total yards allowed, that sort of thing. So um, maybe a little bit of an encouraging sign there for the Chiefs? Yeah, to me um... – you can't really ask more out of guys like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, the offensive guys, because they've got to stay within their roles on the offense. To, to me, you've got to ask more out of your defense to have a better 
Um, to have more, more of a Denver-like showing, and that's not going to happen against Aaron Rodgers when you compare him to Joe Flacco, but more resembling the effort, I think, that they gave in that game as opposed to the first four or five weeks. And not that we, any of us thought effort was an issue in those weeks, but it was just a very clear purpose to, to everybody go towards the ball, to, to tackle better. Um, that's the sort of thing I'd emphasize more than, than, than the offensive guys having to step up. Let's talk about that defensive effort. We, we haven't talked about the defense. That was um, – I didn't expect that. Maybe we should have anticipated it because of Flacco, different than the quarterbacks the Chiefs had faced in the previous few weeks, the, the mobile quarterbacks. Flacco, whatever the opposite of immobile, uh, would be Joe Flacco. Uh, in Denver, they're calling, statue. In Denver, they're calling him Joe Sacco. <laughs> I like that because he went down nine times. Or he went down eight times. The ninth sack was the uh, the, the punter. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor punter. Oh, that was a tough play for, for Broncos fans. Um, how encouraging was that defensive play? Well, I mean, Sam made the point, after, like, immediately after the game, like, God, we didn't need this Mahomes injury. Like, we, we got a million <laughs> other things to talk about. And most of it was the defense. Um, they just look like some of this is, is results over process. Um, but they, they did look more aggressive, uh, faster. Um, they, they blitzed. It seemed like more. But I don't know if they were just more effective. Uh, actually, Pro Football Focus had them for 15 blitzes, I think, which matched the season high. Um, the, the secondary is getting better and better. Um, it's, it's easy to dump on them. The, the corners had a rough year last year. For sure. My opinion is that a lot of that was the safeties not providing support. I think that's different this year. I think Tyron Matthew is a stud, and Juan Thornhill is growing into a mm. – you know, I mean, that, that guy from week one to week seven yeah. has made a, a leaps and bounds. And he said that too. Yeah, I mean, he's been – he's smart, he's fast, he's got good ball skills. I mean, he, he's, he's kind of the whole package. Um, it's hard to imagine, it's hard to come up with right now, just off the top of my head, a, a more polar opposite matchup from Denver to Green Bay. You're going from a statue quarterback to a guy that, you know, I know he's older, but he can move a little bit. He, he's a really good athlete. He's got some good feet, uh, really quick release. There's no throw that he can't make, you know, the, the range. And they also have a lot of speed. And that's one thing that D Denver... It seemed like a bad matchup for the Chiefs, right? Because they're good between the tackles. I thought Philip Lindsay was going to go for a 150. Um, but I think Green Bay has a lot more speed. And I don't know what Devontae Adams' status is. He's been out. Mm -hmm. I think he's getting, seems like, closer. If he, if he plays, that's another big problem. It, yeah, I mean, they, they did five, five touchdowns of five receivers, right? And, mm -hmm. and Devontae Adams was just in a tracksuit or whatever on the sideline. That's, that's, that's a big potential problem. Matt LaFleur did tell us yesterday on the conference call he wasn't sure if Adams would play this week, but it's, it's still a concern because five different receivers. You can't lock on one guy. Yeah. To, to me, the difference is, was the linebackers. I yeah, mean, and totally. uh, Anthony Hitchens playing, I thought, made a gigantic difference. He obviously set out, but of course he did play the first month. But uh, he, I think we all thought he had po potentially his best game in a Chiefs uniform. And yep. then uh, Reggie Ragland playing was a huge difference. And, and Darren Lee missed practice yesterday. I think it was an illness, though, not, yeah, illness. not an injury. But you wonder if his role... Um, was just because the, the Broncos were a running team and maybe that matchup made more sense, but that he played himself into a larger role regardless of the matchup moving forward? Because, I mean, you, you said it, Sam, Green Bay's got a lot more speed and that's not his strength. Um, so I'm interested to see if, if he still was able to elevate himself to, to play more regularly this week. He's still pretty terrible in coverage. Yeah. And, you know, Green Bay knows that and they, yeah. they can isolate him a little bit. But he was so effective as a blitzer. 
He was, even yeah. when he wasn't getting to the quarterback, is just almost like a bulldozer, just knocking guys down and, and opening lanes for other guys. He, he that might have been his best game as a yeah. and, and it was amazing when you look at the snap counts. He only played 25 snaps. And, and yeah. Mel, Sam Mellinger pointed out on Twitter, 37% of the defensive snaps, and it seems like he was he was on the field a lot longer than I 25 guess twice snaps. That. Yeah. I, saw the plays he was making. I thought he was the player of the game defensively for the Chiefs, and, and him or Hitchens, but I'd give it to him knowing that he only played 25, did what he did in 25 yeah. snaps. Mm-hmm. But that, that shows to, to Sam's point that they don't like him in coverage. So yeah, they're going to sure. play him even when they feel like he's playing well. They're going to spot when he plays on, on running downs. But he, he, earned, he earned that. He earned the right to, to, to get in there more on running downs because they weren't even playing him in those situations, and now right. he's sort of look, – Look and say, God, your, your running defense was struggling, and you had a guy that at yeah. least that is his strength. He can stop the run. And it all started, actually, on that two-point play um, that After him first and, and Colin Sanders made a really good effort on that. And yeah. Colin Sanders and Derek Nottie were, were much better against Denver as well. And so just that whole spine of the defense. Both those two guys probably played their best games yeah. as Chiefs. I mean, Colin Sanders, you know, much smaller sample size, but Derek Nottie was great. Yeah. That reminds you, is Chris Jones going to be back this week? Oh, we totally go ahead. Yeah, Amy Reese said he would get some work in uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. but the only work he did was standing under the goalpost with a hoodie on. So he, <laughs> he did not practice decision. yesterday with the groin injury. And, um, of course, you have Thursday and Friday to figure out if he will be able to get on the field. Friday will be the big determinator. But as of right now, you know, given what we saw yesterday up in the air, I, I think the, the, the Andy Reid MO is to have a guy come back limited don't play, and then come back full the following week, and then we'll see him the, the next week. We've so seen that bad. with Watkins this year, with Tyree Hill this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like I'm missing somebody else that, that kind of went through that path mm-hmm. as well, to where they returned to practice one week in a limited form, and then that, that meant they were back the next week. Which is why we think Sammy Watkins is going to play. Yeah. And he, yeah. He, with his hamstring, he, he had his limited week last week in full yesterday. So, okay, i got a philosophical question for you. Um, so Aaron Rodgers, this is his 15th NFL season. He is the NFL career leader in, in uh, passer rating. So the most efficient, however you want to describe that, the most efficient quarterback in NFL history. He has one Super Bowl victory. He's been to the NFC title game three other times. He's been an all-pro two or three times in his career, pro bowler probably every year he's been you know, in the league. So would you accept that career for Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> if, if, we're, if we're Facebook living from Big O Tires yeah. in uh, 2034 uh, uh, and talking about the 15-year career of Patrick Mahomes, would those credentials be satisfying for, for Kansas City Chiefs fans? It's the dumbest thing in the world, but no. <laughs> I don't think so either. No, for a city that hadn't won a Super Bowl in 50 years, nah, we don't want a Super Bowl. Guaranteed a Super Bowl. In the next I know, it's the dumbest thing. I, I, but part of it is just to be more fun. Like, let, you know, <laughs> like, let, let it fly. But um, uh, this is, no, what I just said is the dumbest thing, or the second dumbest thing. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing. I, I feel like a Super Bowl with that quarterback and that coach, I, I, I feel like it's inevitable. At some point, like he's already this good at 24. Um, Aaron Rodgers was, he sat for three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I, he's already this good. I, I just, I feel like they're going to get there and, th- and they'll get one. I, I feel like one Super Bowl is the floor. <laughs> <laughs> one Super Bowl? 
God, that's dumb. It, if you ask Aaron, if you ask Green Bay Packers fans, though, I, I think they feel like they've missed a, a, an opportunity oh, with their yeah. window to say, hey, you've only won one Super yeah. Bowl in those yeah. 15 years. Mike McCarthy wears that for sure. a bunch. Yep. Yeah. Do the Saints fans think that with Drew Brees, uh, one Super Bowl victory uh, in his career, which is phenomenal? From, from my time in New Orleans, there was a lot of what ifs, a lot of what if scenarios. The 2013 season when they were 13 and three, you know, they felt like and they were beaten by Alex Smith in the Super Bowl, not the Super Bowl, but the, the NFC Championship game. Most players, most professional players are in it to win championships. and and. And I know, like, when I left New Orleans, there was a sense of urgency because Drew Brees is not getting any younger. You know, they want to at least give him two Super Bowl rings because when you look across the league, you've got Tom Brady. You know, how many – can't even count how many – well, you can count, but it's like you, you, just, you forget just how good they are you every single year. You don't have enough year. fingers on one hand to yeah. count Tom Brady. You want a Super Bowl. That, that's what you're in – that's why you play the game. You want a Super Bowl ring. Okay, so consensus of opinion. One is not enough for, for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. You're ex expecting more. And, and Brady's going to be retiring here hopefully soon. And just just yeah. trying to do like a three-year deal. seven more years. That's that will right. be done. So. Open the door for Mahomes. <laughs> All right, uh, Herbie, I know we'll get a chance to talk about this again after the game, maybe uh, Sunday night into Monday morning, but the trade deadline is approaching for, um, for the NFL. What... Uh, do you expect the Chiefs to do anything in the trade deadline? If history shows you the, what they're going to do, I don't think they're going to do too much. The last, in the last 10 seasons, the last time the Chiefs made a trade in the weeks leading to the trade deadline was 2016 under then general manager John Dorsey. They sent running back Nal Davis to the Packers for a conditional seventh-round pick. They just don't – they're just not active during the, the regular season. But is there a time to do it? I think this is the time to do it, absolutely, because once the season started, they were linked to quite a few – elite defensive players and Jalen Ramsey and Minka Fitzpatrick. Of course, those they, they fell out of the lottery stakes for that, but if they want to make a move, I think it's going to have to come on defense. What do you think? Patrick Patterson is still a name that we hear. Um, I, I think the, the Chiefs, you know, you can't, is it a bad break, but if the Cardinals were 1-6 and six instead of 3-3-1, three, three and one, I think that that's the deal that always made the most sense to me. Uh, it, made, it made sense to me for Arizona to trade him, because um, of his age, because of where they are, the contract. Right? Yeah, and it, it certainly made sense. I mean, he is a professional. He is a reliable guy. Um, you know, all those – I know he had the suspension. I'm calling him professional and reliable, but I, that's what I believe. Um, I, I, kind of a plug-and-play kind of guy that you can bring in midseason and, and help you out, but they're not dealing him, you know? Right. And They've said it. Yeah, and, and so after that, I know, that, you know, there's been some talk about – if the Lions are selling pieces, you know, um, Darius Slay mm. is a guy. Uh, you know, you know, there's some names out there. It just it seems like, from what I've heard, um, just you know, talking to people involved, it, it, it seems like a long shot right now. But it's all posturing, right? Like everything is posturing right until yeah. the deadline. Right. That's when we'll find right. out. All right, Sam McDowell. Uh, we were talking about this before we went on the air. The Chiefs opened as – do we think they opened as a favorite in this game? That must have been on, before On the Monday injury. they opened as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Okay, right, right. When – right. Um, they are now five-and-a-half. Yeah. Uh, so trending in the – you know, certainly in the favor of the Packers. I, I certainly – you know, it, it followed the news of, of Mahomes' availability. Um, that seems about right to me. Yeah, um, I what's – so I actually contacted Bovada, who I think a lot of us use for stuff like this, but um, – 
and just asked them, hey, if Mahomes was playing, what would the line be? And they said that the Chiefs would be favored by five in this game. Wow. So he's got – He's a ten-point player. Well, wow. that's the best. <laughs> that was when it – Here's your value. Is Aaron Rodgers a ten-point player or Drew Brees? Wow. That's, so that's, that's amazing, That's when actually. it opened. So that was an yeah. eight-and-a-half-point swing at that point. And right. When the, when the line was at five, still 75% of the money was on the Packers. So I think a lot of people are – Saying this is this is a game that they like for Green Bay. Wow, that is still I mean, two point two points to move in early in the week is is a pretty large jump. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but also the, the the we also talked about this before we went on. But the line went off yesterday after Andy Reid's press conference. They just took it down altogether and thought, oh my God, this guy might play. Like so, um, it, it is back up today though, back at, at at five and a half. Okay. Hey, one last little piece of Aaron Rodgers trivia. You know, he out of high school, he was under-recruited, didn't have offers, so he went to community college for one year, and then he ended up at Cal, right? So he, he goes to California under Jeff Tedford and that offense at, at Cal. Do you know where Aaron Rodgers played his first college football game as a member of the Cal Bears? Are you going to tell me it's Arrowhead? The reason I'm looking at Herbie is... Kansas State. Against Kansas State yeah. at Arrowhead okay. Stadium. Yeah. It was at Arrowhead Stadium against Kansas oh. State. He did not start the game, but he came in the second half and threw a touchdown pass. And It was the season opener in 2003, the, the Kansas State team that went on to win the, the Big 12 championship. So Who was your research guy? I, I tell you what, I remember covering that game that night, and Kansas State, had they had distanced themselves from Cal. And then all of a sudden... Cal puts up two fourth-quarter touchdowns with this new quarterback, and I'm thinking, who is this guy? Huh. It was almost like when Russell – remember when Russell Wilson came to Arrowhead as a member of the Seahawks? It's like – Preseason game. Yeah. Preseason game. It's like, who is this guy? And yeah. he, he was like a star in that yeah. game. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, ah, oh, the Chiefs just got lit up by a five-foot-eight rookie. <laughs> like, this, is, this is bad. I mean, it was bad. Right. <laughs> like, that, that part of it turned out to be legit. But, but that was a great K-State team, right? That was mm -hmm. L. Roberson, Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles, that yeah. That was a really good defense. Mm -hmm. and, and Aaron Rodgers came in and, and had a terrific fourth quarter against uh, against the Wildcats. So, um, so yeah, I wanted to put that out there. Hey, so let's uh, we, we've come to our as we as we close out, we come to our weekly where the rubber meets the road segment, and this is uh, where we identify players we think will have or need to have good games uh, in uh, on Sunday night uh, against the Packers. Herbie tipped his hand earlier. You going to stick with that one, Herbie? I'm going to stick with Travis Kelsey because when you look back at the game last week, the Packers against the Raiders, yes, the Raiders lost, but they're tight ends. Look, they allowed three touchdowns to tight ends last week. Darren Waller scored twice. Rookie Foster Moreau scored once. Waller had seven catches for 126 yards on eight targets. Oh. Waller is not in the same universe <laughs> as Travis Kelsey. So I think if, if you're going to take advantage of the Packers' defense, you got to get Kelsey going early. All right, Sam McDowell? Mine falls probably more into the need to have a big game, and I think it's Frank Clark. The Packers' offensive line has perennially been a weakness under Aaron Rodgers, and this year it's playing much better. So to me, um, your defense, like I said earlier, is going to be the key to the game more than the asking more out of your offensive guys. And um, if your defense is going to have a good day, I, I think it's going to have to put pressure on the quarterback like it did last week, even though you've got a more mobile guy and, and Frank Clark. Um, even though we hadn't talked about him as, as being one of the guys that played really well. He, he obviously had his best game as a, since, since coming to Kansas City. I think he's going to have to have another one. He didn't practice yesterday, nor, yeah, nor the, did Tano Passanio. Well, 
Uh, Passing was an illness or something? Yeah, oh, and okay. Frank Clark had a bit of a neck issue, but um, I didn't deem that based on the way it was phrased as anything serious. I no, I, and I agree with Sam here. Okay, so if, but if he's on there today, not pre now, Friday would be, of course, the key day. But uh, yeah. So it's something to keep an eye on, the fact sure. that Clark didn't practice today. How about, how about you, Sam? I feel like there's rubber meeting the road all over the place in this one. <laughs> um, the, the linebackers are going to be critical. I think Juan Thornhill in coverage kind of take, you know, the, taking the top off as, as much as a, a rookie safety can against a Hall of Famer. Um, but I cheated last week and said Andy Heck, and I'm going to cheat again and say Andy Reid. I think he needs to be – he needs to pick up – not the slack, but he, he – Yeah, no, no. He needs to be the one to sort of make this thing work with, with, with protections, with, um, with timing rounds, all that stuff. I think it's an Andy Reid game. And he has been in this position before, certainly with the Eagles, yep. but in more recent history, this will be the fifth time that a reserve quarterback has started a game for the Chiefs in the Andy Reid era, right? It's his seventh year, only the fifth time, which is kind of amazing. That's how durable Alex Smith was. And this will be Mahomes' first missed start as a, since becoming a starter for the Chiefs. And Reid is 3-1 and one in those games, and the loss was an overtime loss to the Chargers to end the 2013 season. You guys, I know Sam and, and Irby, you guys were there. That was a game that they should have won. Suck up missed a field goal yeah. at the end uh, from 40 yards or so. They would have won it in regulation. The Chiefs were playing all their backups that day. Against, and, against a Chargers team that needed yeah. to win to get into the playoffs. <laughs> yep. A motivated Chargers team. Yep. So that's Andy Reid's skill in, in, in you know, creating conditions with a backup quarterback to, you know, to stay competitive in a game. The other times it was Chase, another, uh, maybe a couple other times, and then Nick Foles one year. Nick Foles. Um, oh, and it was and Mahomes. And Mahomes, in, Mahomes Denver. in Denver, his very first start, starting for Alex Smith again with the Chiefs, having clinched their, their playoff spot. So he's been good yeah. in, in these I'll just pay, piggyback off of that, My, where the rubber meets the road. I'm going to go LaShawn McCoy because I think the Chiefs are going to have to control the ball a little bit, win time and possession, keep that Packers offense off the field as much as it, it can, and they're going to have to have a sound running game to do that. I thought the Chiefs ran the ball pretty well against Denver. They uh, did. And that's sort of how they, the, the offense operated after Mahomes went out in the second half last week. So, all right, that'll do it. For us this week, hey, Vahe Gregorian wasn't here with us. We missed you. Vahe was on assignment. On assignment. <laughs> on assignment. <laughs> on assignment. <laughs> um, he really was. And uh, we will we'll talk with him uh, after the game on Sunday. If he decides to show up then, uh, he's always the latecomer there. So uh, thanks to our friends at Big O Tires. Thanks to Beth for producing. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCOffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.